So we all know in the business that Odyssey has major sales issues. So we thought we'd be helpful for a change. Keith and I thought we'd offer some helpful suggestions. Uh, not that they care, but lots of spinning plates, but Tegna is finally sold. And a big surprise as the drama continues, Ed Stoltz gets his stations back. <laughs> but for how long? We'll be talking about that, too. Good morning. We're back with another episode of Media Insultant. Our opinions, comments, and ideas. In Seattle, I'm Jackson Weaver. And in California, it's Keith Samuels. We do this each Tuesday and Thursday. So today, we'd like to welcome you to the Tuesday edition, March 1st, of Media Insultant. As we all well know, you do anything, anything, and suddenly everybody's a critic. And, and that includes us here at Media Insultant. I mean, <laughs> we, we have all kinds of comments about things we know very little about. <laughs> but we thought we'd look at how, if we were given the challenge of approaching the issues that Odyssey has with at least three of their markets, Chicago, San Diego, and Detroit. Keith, you and I both know these markets have had incredible turnover and defections. And not exactly at a time when it's easy to hire a new sales rep. It's not like there's a line out the door if people are going, mm -mm. I'm dying to sell radio. So the question became, how do we address it? In fact, you know, we were talking about this the other day. You know, they're looking for a GSM in San Diego and have for some time. How many applicants did they get on LinkedIn, Keith, over three or four weeks? Was it three, four? Uh, it was like less than one. <laughs> yeah, it was not my, not many. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, look, we all know that this is a top-down issue. Uh, David Fields, who's the CEO of the company, frankly has proven he's not a very good operator. He's a really good, brilliant financial guy with acquisitions. I think his purchase of CBS Radio was really great. I'd even call it audacious. Odyssey buying an audacious group of stations. But frankly, uh, between COVID and his inability to run these stations, it hasn't been a home run. And when it comes to running them, Odyssey, the old intercom, is stumbling badly. They just are really doing a poor job. So my first question to you, Keith, you've got control. What's the first okay. thing you do? Well, the first thing I do is go um, is, is bring Wheezy Kramer back. Beg Wheezy to come back. Uh, no. So Wheezy was really running the group certainly from a sales side, but also from a you know, management side, uh, along with a, a really great uh, sales executive by the name of Mike Doyle, an uh, old client of mine and uh, co-trainee when we were going through talent-focused management together. Mike's a good guy. So Mike was kind of a kind of a CRO, local sales guy. Wheezy was really great at uh, you know, managing local stations. They're both gone. So over the last two years, they both retired. Wheezy more for probably personal health reasons than anything else, and Mike because he wasn't, you know, uh, he wasn't their guy anymore, or maybe he was Wheezy's guy and not not uh, not the, not the new Susan, you know, Susan Larkin. Larkin who took Wheezy's place as guy. So you know, but but Susan Larkin had a had a very successful run at Cox. She's well trained. She's very talented. So this this to me is stunning that they haven't been able to maintain the culture of growth and of development of their salespeople. So, but, okay. And I think it comes from the fact yeah. that... What would that, we do? What would you do? I, I mean, I, I think... I think, I think it, blame, blame it on well, the people well, the all you want. Here's the problem I see. The, 
yeah, but the problem I see is what they feel is is that salespeople in radio, local radio salespeople, make too much money. That's the biggest, other than Arbitron, it's the biggest expense at a radio station is sales commissions, right? And so the first place they go to cut expenses, which they needed to do after buying CBS, is you cut commissions. You cut comp plans for managers and for salespeople. It's really super easy to do. It's real easy for the accountants and finance to do. They just go, well, you know, if instead of paying you know, 15% on local direct, we'll pay 12. And they can run that number and easily calculate the savings of what that lowering the you know, commission 3% would be. Oh, but we'll come up with some other gimmicks to help them develop more business and make that money back. And so they're doing all these tricks and games with how to run a compensation plan for sellers in major markets. These are big markets. These are salespeople that have other options in these big markets, like iHeart or like Beasley uh, you know, in Detroit. Uh, Beasley in Detroit, for example, or Cox in some markets or whatever it might be. There are options for these people to go to. When you start messing around with really good, talented people, you're going to have problems. And that's what they have. I mean, I know personally several people who have just walked away from Odyssey to find other jobs in radio thinking, these people don't know what they're doing. They're out of their minds, Keith. I mean, they're just really screwing okay, it up. Okay, so you, the first thing you do is you revamp the compensation plan. Start paying these guys a, a, a decent comp that's at least competitive in the market, right? Yes, and remove all the, the tips and tricks about the, the fetish, the fetish that radio has in developing new business. You know, the highest commission rates at radio stations are on new business. And, you know, so and there's lots of ways to define what's new and they do it all the time. And they play games and tricks. Is it somebody who hasn't been on in six months? Somebody who hasn't been on the air in a year? Somebody who hasn't been on in 12, you know, two years? You know, they gimmick it. They gimmick the heck out of it. And the salespeople look back and go, there's no way for me to yeah. win here. This yeah. is really screwed yeah. up. This is stupid. Take the stupidity and the ridiculousness out of, out of the manager's heads about how to compensate their people. Now, now you get to the next part of it, which is how do you quit screwing around with the accounts that these people get to call on. Because the other great way you can manipulate salespeople is by taking accounts away from them, by messing with what we call their account list, the list of business, the book of business that they're overseeing. And so a lot of times when you go, you know what, Jackson, you know, you had a great year, man. You made, you, 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 listen, you, you, you did $280,000. You you'd had a great year. Now, you know what? Corporate is on my ass because... You're making more than the market manager. You're making more than me. So, you know, they're gonna, they've asked me to kind of move some accounts around. i got to share the wealth here a little bit. So I'm going to take this account, that account, and those accounts away from you, and I'm going to spread them around on the rest of the staff, you know, because I don't want any of those people to leave. And so they end up jerking around where you can go to go sell. And, and that's the other part. So it's, it's compensation and list management, account list management, that they've lost their way on, I believe. How do you keep the current uh, staff in place? I mean, you know, they've had so much defection, I think. So you do compensation. You quit screwing around with, with the list. But, you know, you've also got to acknowledge that you screwed yeah. up. I think this is really one of the big things that, that corporate America just is so remiss at doing. Odyssey needs to come in and say, yeah. look, we, we kind of messed this up, and we are sorry. So here's what we're going to do. And then they're going to have to set out a vision for, you know, 90 days. It just get people to stick around for mm -hmm. 90 days. 
and say, look, we can make it better. Give us 90 days. Because the way they're losing things, and you saw Jerry Del Caliano's column this morning in Detroit about how they're all going over to Beasley. Something like 15 people have gone to Beasley in the last year. And, you know, the, now they're talking about changing the no-compete. So, okay, that makes it even harder to recruit. Yeah. <laughs> Come to work for us, but, boy, don't ever yeah, think yeah. about going anywhere else unless yeah. you're going to be selling porta-potties right. yeah. in Ann Arbor. I mean, it's just, you know, they just are so unwilling to turn around and say, but. Well, but, but I, I think and I think it's because I don't think they, Jackson, I don't think they're, they think, this is the Odyssey senior management, I don't think they think they're wrong. I think they think they're the smartest people in the room. And so you have cases like Jerry wrote about in, with Deb Kenyon in, in Detroit, where you know Deb is so pissed off that she's going to beat the hell out of people who even think about going to Beasley. And I'm going, oh, that's helpful. Right. Right. <laughs> because what are you, you going to do to me? What are you going to do to me when I leave, Deb? I'm out of here. Screw you. you know. And so it's like you know, the beatings will continue until morale improves. And, you know, and Deb's a veteran. Deb's been in this business a long freaking time. I mean, she's been running those intercom stations in Detroit. Or, I mean, CBS that became intercom that's now Odyssey. She was a CBS gal since 1999. I mean, you know, she's been around She's been around the block. She knows. She, how did she just get so stupid? You know, how do you get, how do you get so bad? Well, I think you do because you buy into what the board is telling, to, is telling David and the board is run by, you know, Joel Hollander, who used to run CBS. And now you've got Susan Larkin, who, who's got a deer in the headlights look, no doubt, about what's happening to her group. And everybody's buying in. It's going to take a lot for them to go back, to step back from this and take a deep breath and go, maybe the problem is us, not the people we're, that we're losing. Maybe the problem is us. Well, and I think... And I don't think they'll ever admit I th- that. That's right. And I think you, you brought up a key thing that's really, really on top of it. I don't think it matters much. I think they've reached the point, you know, on Thursday we're going to talk about some of the quarterly returns. And Odyssey didn't have a horrible quarter. And they did. it wasn't bad, you know. It wasn't a complete fall off. So, and, and that's obviously just my opinion. But the point is, is that I think management doesn't care. I think they just go, yeah, 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 don't bother me with this stuff. It, it's going to bite them at some point. And the problem we've all seen is this stuff – yeah, well, it, 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 this stuff yeah. becomes corrosive, and pretty soon you're just like you know the roadrunner, you know you're flying. Just the coyote is flying off the cliff, and he just keeps running, and suddenly looks down and goes, "Oh shit!" and plunges, and that's the that's the yeah. the thing that's going to happen. Okay, well, like an episode of The Edge of Night or This Is Us, Ed Stoltz, yes, Ed Stoltz, the Ed Stoltz drama <laughs> is back. But first, the long anticipated and contentious purchase of Tegna's TV stations is finally agreed to. Looks like Tegna stations will be sold to Standard General. Standard General had always been a major shareholder in Tegna, which, as you pointed out, was the TV stations that spun out from Gannett. So without going too back back too far. And as I understand the deal, um, Standard General and Apollo, which is a majority owner in Cox Television, are putting together a deal to buy the stations, with Apollo providing cash to do the deal, mm-hmm. but they claim they'll have no voting rights in Tegna so they can continue to control Cox. Uh, Sue Young Kim, who's the controlling shareholder in Standard General, has been agitating for better returns from Tegna, and uh, he's been on David Lugie's mm-hmm. ass, to put it bluntly, 
about what they can do with Tegna. And, I, you know, i got to be honest with you. I think Tegna is one of the best-run TV station groups in the country. You know, they have great cash flow. They do well. They're well-respected. And so now uh, Sue Young Kim gets to prove that he's the smartest guy in the room. Well, we'll see. Unfortunately, the company is no longer going to be publicly traded, so I guess we'll just find out in the rumor mill. So what, what's your thought on yeah, this? Yeah. Apollo providing the money on this. Is the FCC going to go, eh, I don't know if that works. What do you think? Yeah, we, you and I have spent a lot of time studying the more time than I care to admit, studying the uh, the finances of this deal. And we were originally thinking when the rumor mill was grinding away that Apollo and Standard General were going to buy Tegna or were offering to buy Tegna was that it would be a more of a traditional deal and that would cause, you know, that, that Apollo would be part of the management of those stations along with a much smaller standard general company. But it's not that way. They're not going to have voting control, right? They're not going to have uh, equity shares. It's a, it's a weird financial deal. Yeah, it's a weird financial deal that I think is kind of brilliant when you think about them kind of getting through the FCC for all the final approvals. And so uh, they're not going to have to spin off Cox stations like we thought they might have to. Um, in, in fact, they've even traded a few of the stations around. I mean, uh, you know, Cox is giving Boston to Tegna and Tegna's giving uh, a couple of stations in, in Texas to Cox to run. So it's it, they've really been moving the chess pieces around and, and now there's going to be this deal. You know, our, my question is, and I think you brought it up earlier in our prep, was that what happens if Standard General kind of falls apart or can't can't do it, can't handle the management of this company? Is Apollo in a position to take well, it over? Well, and that'd be the question. Are they in a secured position where they would be then controlling both Cox and Tegna? And, you know, the FCC is going to scrutinize this. They'll probably pass it, but there's going to be some, some look at it. And, of course, the real scrutiny is going to okay. be our friend Byron Allen, who has wanted some of these stations or all of these stations. And we haven't heard a word from him, yeah. but he's going to be pissed. And he's, I think at one time he had a $29 <laughs> per share offer, and this deal is going out in the low 20s, I think $22 per share. So Byron Allen's going to raise the minority issue. All right, real quickly, because we don't have a lot of time here left, Keith, because we've been blabbing again. Uh, Ed Stoltz is going to get back his stations. And, uh, okay, okay, I get it. A shit show is always a shit show. But his latest saga is that he again controls his three radio stations. And just to refresh everyone, three stations he owned in Palm Springs, Las Vegas, and the Bay Area. Had to sell them, was ordered to sell them by court because he hadn't paid past due music rights fees. He'd been forced into involuntary bankruptcy. And then, uh, you know, lo and behold, he came up with the money to pay off the music rights companies. But in the meantime, the stations had been sold at least contractually to uh, VCY America or YVC, VCY, I think. So. It looks like now the bankruptcy judge in Nevada gave him control over the stations as a debtor in possession. Is this ever going to end? What's your thought? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the end game is with us. Yeah, I think the end game is with us right now because Larry Patrick, who was the court-appointed receiver uh, and, and was operating those stations in bankruptcy and finding a buyer and trying to get that sale closed and the FCC approved, which didn't happen because because Ed went to the bankruptcy court in, in uh, Nevada and filed voluntary bankruptcy. So now Larry Patrick is calling um, call, calling his bluff. He's basically saying, give the stations back. Prove that he can, uh, he can come out of 
of this voluntary bankruptcy, this ploy to get to, to uh, keep the stations. And by the way, he owes a lot more money still. He owes Larry. He owes uh, he owes uh, uh, some some people he's been renting tower, tower from, space yeah. from up in San Francisco, particularly. And uh, and so Larry's going, you know, okay, good luck. Let's see if you can come yeah, out. Yeah, of those. when you're a debtor in, and I don't think you can. Possession, you have to be able to prove you think you can pull your way out of it, and uh, that's why you know you see, you know, uh, debt packages in a box. You know, where essentially they say we'll take on this additional debt to pay the bills while yeah. we're doing this. So he's going to have to come up with that and. You know, it, it. The good news is for us at Media Insultant, it gives us more drama to deal with. So, and we always love a little <laughs> drama in media, even if it's in the bankruptcy court, Keith. So next Thursday, we'll talk about some other media topics from which we know little, but offer great, profound advice and wisdom. <laughs> we know a lot, Jackson. Come on, we know it all. Just, Just ask us. That's right. Hope you'll join us. Media Insultant is a production of InTown Media. And we drop new episodes each Tuesday and Thursday on your favorite podcasting platform. Videos are on Vimeo Showcase under Media Insultant. Until Thursday, Keith, have a good week. Thank you, Jackson. And still waiting for Scott Sutherland to hire a market manager in Denver. So maybe by Thursday. We'll have news. <laughs>